Hi, welcome to my bed and welcome to this ASMR bedtime show where it's my job to help you find calm and relax or work or whatever. And uh, welcome to this Patreon exclusive um, show. And I'm immensely grateful for your support and also the few new patrons. Thank you so much for being here. This is amazing. And if you want to reach out to me or ask me anything, please don't hesitate. I'm going to answer for sure. What's new? Did you have a good week? I hope it wasn't too bad for you. For me, it was, I would say, pretty, pretty good. There were some days where I just couldn't really do what I wanted to do and it was a bit frustrating and um, I felt a bit trapped inside of my head and for sure I noticed that I need to work out more because I made this cactus video and honestly looking at the footage when editing it I felt like I definitely have a bit of a dad bod and that's a bit embarrassing so even though I'm not even a dad so I definitely need to get back to working out it's a bit difficult because uh, fitness studios are still closed here but I'm uh, already kind of planning the home gym as I had it before and I'm looking forward to making this happen because I notice how much better I feel too um, like just more sane and I'm just not able to work five hours just in a row I have to make my pauses I have to force myself to make pauses basically and sometimes I forget this in any case I also got my vaccine shot yesterday, my second one. Uh, it's the Pfizer-BioNTech one. And uh, I got my first one a month ago. And um, I got it quite early because I have asthma, even though I read somewhere or heard somewhere that having asthma can actually kind of protect you from getting COVID infected. I'm not even sure. And honestly, I'm getting a bit tired to hear about it and read about it. I don't have any side effects. My arm feels a bit weird and weak, but they said that the second vaccination, you're more likely to get fever symptoms, which luckily I didn't get. So I'm quite happy about that. In any case, what I'm really kind of sad about, which I hear more and more is really families and relationships and um, partners uh, getting into disputes and terrible arguments about this topic because it has become political even though it shouldn't be it should be just um, scientific and uh, medicinal thing but also due to the fault of politics I would say it has become very poli uh, pol political and there are different fractions of course as with everything it seems nowadays there's the open everything up people and there's the uh, we have to let everything be closed down people so uh, I'm getting a bit tired to hearing their arguments on social media I do try to listen to both sides I do see that it's a emergency maybe one in a century situation and that we have to protect the old and weak ones but I also see the other side where people say uh, we should have protected the old and weak ones but um, it's kind of dangerous to take away all your basic human rights that you're supposed to be given without any conditions uh, notwithstanding this pandemic and it's dangerous that we tell people 
that we have this precedent, as you would say as a lawyer, that you can just lock people up and take away their just most fundamental human rights. I do see that argument as well, and of course all the economic damages, especially to small businesses, to restaurant owners and so on. It's a tough one, and I don't even want to go too much into detail. I just see both sides. I try to stay informed, but then again, I'm also getting somewhat tired of it. And um, yeah, sometimes I listen to podcasts about it, trying to fall asleep, and then they talk about uh, kind of scary stuff, and then I stop listening to it. So I don't want to uh, keep talking too much about this topic, really. And I really hope you're doing well and you're able to kind of take some breaks during the week because this is something I'm trying to do more, forcing myself to take a break, be quiet, go outside. Today is sunny here in Switzerland, one of the first days it seems because our um, this month has been really bad and the month before I really didn't have much nice weather and now hopefully it's getting a bit better and uh, it does have an effect on my mood. I, I notice even though I claim that I don't care for bad weather and I think it's probably true as well. What I thought I would talk about today is how to make a living, careers and so on. And I also want to show you some unintentional ASMR and some intentional ASMR and maybe make a bit of ASMR for you. But uh, just to give a bit of an introduction before starting with the actual content part, I watched an unintentional ASMR video. It's just a clip, but I thought the voices are so great that I made a compilation from it and I'm going to link it too. And I'm probably going to upload it tomorrow only or something. So in any case, it was about three Irish craftsmen in a city near Cork, which you might know. You meet people who just, you know, don't understand why you want to do this. And sometimes people think you're mad to continue producing it with old equipment in an old way. But I think people are beginning to realize that what we've done is hold on to an indigenous craft and develop it and make it look interesting. And by keeping these skills alive, you keep a whole range of things that you can do alive. I run a small woolen mill called Studio Donegal in Kilcar, County Donegal, where all our tweeds are handmade. I am Paul Cunningham. I'm from Glencoe Macau. I trade as Fadge Stoneworks, where all my stone products are handmade and handcut. The course I done was a good course. We, done, we, we covered a lot of it, dry stone walling, to uh, masonry, to stone carving and letter cutting, you know. We've done a lot of art and photography and other subjects as well to help run a business. There's more to it than just going out and building every day, there's a lot of other things going on in the stone world. I just have a thing for Ireland. It was one of my favorite places to visit. I love the accents. It almost feels like all of the Irish voices, almost all of them, give me some kind of unintentional ASMR. And um, it, these three craftsmen, one of them was like a wool craftsman, one of them like a stone um, craftsman and stone chiseler is that the right word and the third one was a business of three sisters making glass wear so to say and the first one who has an amazing voice i think the wool guy 
he basically took over this business from his parents and um, now his parents are still kind of holding uh, helping out so it's kind of like a family business and what he said about his work really touched me in a way so I just want to show you show you what he said I don't make any big living but then it's not about the living it's about the quality of life it's about living somewhere I love it's about doing something I love and as long as I can put bread on the table at the end of the week I'm happy and yeah I thought this was really beautiful how he says that he maybe doesn't make that much money but he really enjoys what he's doing the quality of life he gets that he's allowed to live somewhere where he loves it and seeing just these beautiful nature pictures is, is beautiful too and heartwarming to me it makes me want to travel there and also doing something he loves and him talking about how this whole craft is you never stop learning you always learn some new stuff and it's definitely some creative aspects to it because it's not an exact science but it's more about expressing yourself and doing something and using making everything by hand this is the stuff i found really fascinating and this made me kind of inspired me to um, think and write uh, about what i'm going to talk about now all right what i want to talk about now is careers and i know that technically this isn't a channel about careers and making money and this isn't really the focus but let's be honest here what we do for a living is is very important and um, for many people their job is their main source of unhappiness and stress and this is what we're trying to avoid right when trying to find calm and peace and in my free ebook that i wrote i basically shared my hypothesis that basically it's really hard to become much happier right you probably noticed this as well you can go to the most amazing places maybe we have an upside potential of maybe 10 percent or something 20 percent as adults it's easier when you're a kid maybe but if our downside potential unfortunately is much bigger because if we have a shitty job with a shitty boss and it's too stressful and we can't really show our real strengths this can definitely take away i would say 30 40 50 percent of our baseline happiness if you're really stressed everything kind of sucks your health is also deteriorating it's really a terrible state to be in and i know this because i was in in this situation and this is why this topic is also kind of dear to my heart because um, i think i want to help people to um, get out of the situation if they want to um, but it's hard it's not something that is super easy to do and it's not super obvious how this would even be possible in, in today's world I think yeah it's possibly one of the most difficult questions nowadays how to make a living in this world because it has become exponentially harder with seemingly limitless options there's so many career paths and job descriptions which didn't even exist five years ago and there's a book by Barry Schwartz I think which is called The Paradox of Choice which basically shows that if we have too many options we're gonna get super anxious 
first of all. And second of all, once we choose something, we're going to be more unhappy with that choice. And I think this not only applies to the dating market, but also applies to the job market, to career, so to say. And yeah, I think the freedom of choice is great. I think it's great that we don't have to do something that our parents chose for us. But yeah, it's also easy to get overwhelmed. And probably you felt like this as well. I know I have. And something that's bad and kind of worrisome, I think, is that I feel like nowadays, if you're not really killing it career-wise, if you're not successful and on an upward trajectory, it seems like it's all your fault. If you can't find a job, well, you should have studied something else, something that's more marketable. You should have maybe gone into STEM or something. Is your job boring and depressing? Maybe something's wrong with you. Maybe you should try therapy and um, you should probably go find a better paying job or talk to your boss about getting better tasks. So it's your fault. And also this trend of why not start a side hustle online and make money selling your art or trying to do some drop shipping or something. And look at this person, Joe Rich or whatever. He did that too and now he's a millionaire and then they usually try to sell you some course or something. Typically I would say there are two types of career advice that you hear from gurus and from books and whatever. But both of them have their limitations, I think. The first one is the try harder and get the dream job fraction. Basically, they say, yeah, you got to build your resu resume, uh, your CV, build technical skills and also try harder, leverage your network. And then eventually you're going to land a great job. So like the, the, the default career advice of building your CV, getting the technical skills, having internships and uh, using your network and then getting a good job and then climbing the career rank, which isn't necessarily bad advice for most people, I would say. Here, there are many problems though, I think, with it because well-paid and non-exploitative jobs are increasingly rare, I feel like. All the good jobs are already taken by boomers, I sometimes feel, but maybe that's not really true but jobs that are kind of chill but well paid are in super high demand actually taking a job that's super stressful like high stakes salesmen or consultants is actually probably almost easier than getting a kind of chill civil servant job or like university administration because those jobs are comfortable you don't really have that much accountability and deadlines but they're still paid reasonably well but also there are unwanted side effects of course i also feel like and i think there's proof for that the requirements for entry-level jobs have exploded i would say a master's degree and like five years of job experience seem to be the new normal it's like the minimum almost and also it's kind of strange that all the employers say that they have trouble finding um, the right employees with the right skills but why are the wages stagnating since like 20, 30 years in many parts of the world, like in Europe too? Um, and it's, yeah, it's obvious that back in the day, 30, 40 years ago, you could easily 
um, provide for a family with a single job, with a simpler job like being a shoemaker or um, working in a factory. You could buy a house and feed three, four, five kids. Nowadays, that seems close to impossible in many parts of the Western world, which, which is very depressing. And some people, some articles I read somewhere, New York Times or something, the best way to, I don't know, buy property is to wait for your parents to die. That's our strategy now. It's unfortunate, right? And um, also, let's be honest here, some people just have it harder not everybody has a professional network and discrimination and nepotism still exists and they can really be detrimental to our careers and also good luck if you're older or if you have some illnesses or mental illnesses um, and yeah if you've ever been in the situation sending out your applications and your cv and motivation letters and getting passed on over and over and over is scary and it will really obliterate your self-confidence and your self-worth after a while. It's really bad. And uh, most importantly, perhaps some people are just unemployable. Uh, it's not that they can't work physically, but they're just not built for the rigid corporate environment. And probably I'm one of these people as well, unfortunately, because it makes things more difficult, honestly. This was route number one, just do the corporate thing, get a job. Then there's number two, start a business, which is getting pushed quite a lot too in the internet by these influencers. It's like everybody has a unique skill or talent. There are millions of ways to become rich online and offline too. And you could become the next music star or influencer or entrepreneur by creating content and being yourself just create more content or whatever. And yeah, I gotta say, I do think that more people should try things and start little businesses. Why not? But also I'm quite skeptical of the Gary V's of this world and the people who claim that everybody can and should do it, should be their uh, own boss and should start a business or should start some side hustle. Because here's the reality, it's just too hard for most people. Most internet opportunities have been arbitraged away. Uh, 50 people already do what you want to do probably. And they came earlier, so they have like the first mover advantage. And there's almost always somebody who's better than you. And the internet is winner take all, basically. That means if you try to be, if you're super passionate about cooking, I'm sorry, uh, if you try to do this on YouTube, I'm sorry, but there's 500 other channels who do this really well and who have been doing this for 10 years, who have exactly the right skills and experiences and maybe a good network. It's very, very hard. And usually on YouTube and on the internet in general, the best, let's say three to five cooking channels take up, they make 80% of the money or something. It's not always Pareto efficient, but there is still a long tail, but it's very hard to make a living by being the 200th best YouTube channel for cooking. If you're doing maybe, if you go a bit more niche, like keto cooking in um, Germany or something, then maybe it's better, but still, then your market is too small and you're not gonna 
get more than a few thousand views. So it's pretty complicated, that's all I'm trying to say, without getting too much into the business side, okay? But does it have to be online? No, of course not. Maybe having a brick and mortar business is your best shot in this globalized world. But here I would say even a simple business like a hair salon that comes with a bunch of problems and costs that you probably didn't anticipate, like taxes and uh, if you want to get employees that's complicated then you gotta uh, spend some money to even establish the company then you gotta file your taxes you're gonna save your bills get like some kind of uh, tax accountant to help you out and then there's maybe some audits that you're gonna get then maybe you're gonna get sued for whatever reason so tons of complications that if you would know all the BS you have to go through to start a business, you probably wouldn't even do it, to be honest. I know this because I, I launched one myself. And also, being your own boss can be very scary, because if you don't work hard, there's no money coming in. I mean, good luck if you have mental health problems or health problems. Good luck getting up every day and motivating yourself. This can be very hard. This can be exponentially harder than just going to your regular nine-to-five job where you're kind of pushed in this direction or if you have ADHD and have problems with your executive functions you almost need a nagging boss who kind of keeps you on a leash I know it's depressing but that's just reality and also I would say the current lockdown has kind of impressively showed that um, you can lose it all if you're unlucky if you're a restaurant owner if you have a fitness studio Without any fault of your own, you can just lose it all overnight almost. And it's, it's, it's very depressing and, and sad. So yeah, this was just me talking about what, what the disadvantages are with the different career paths uh, that are being promoted online, the, the most dominant ones. But what's my point then? What's my solution, my suggestion? I mean, you probably know now that I'm very hesitant to give oversimplified advice because life is complex, let's face it. But uh, here's something that maybe you didn't think about enough because it's not really that prominent. Few people talk about it. And it's something that I would maybe call career downsizing. And I don't know if that's like something like a, um, a real term and if there's books about this, probably somebody wrote a book about this at some point, but I kind of thought the word sounds nice. And let me please explain what I mean by that. Career downsizing to me means really thinking about how you want to live and how much you need and not living to work, but working to live, even though that sounds kind of cliche. But what I would encourage you to think about is figure out how you want to live. And there's a good chance that you need much less money than you think. And see if you can find a way to make enough money to live like that. Of course, the less money you need for the life you want, the easier it is. Conversely, the more money you need for your desired lifestyle, the more you have to build your CV and consider the Venn diagram of what the job market looks for versus what I bring to the table. 
So if you really want to live in a nice mansion in Beverly Hills, you probably either have to become like a famous actor or build a business or become a high level employee. And this means you have to jump through the hoops that are required and the different um, glass ceilings and you have to know the right people and you really have to do what is expected of you. And there's a pretty good book I read a while ago. It's called, I think, Ikigai, which is a Japanese principle of finding what you're passionate about, but then also considering what the market wants. So if you're really passionate about, let's say, building pillows or something that are super expensive, maybe the market doesn't really need those super expensive pillows. But there's a very high demand for very good engineers and for programmers or let's say for uh, therapists or whatever this if you're lucky to be passionate about whatever the market needs right now good for you of course but there's a good chance that you're not really passionate about exactly what's needed right now in the market if you're happy living in a tiny house in nature with your dog you'll have so much more freedom and options and you don't have to have a career and cater to the capitalistic demands of society. Uh, you can probably survive by doing some seasonal work or maybe you'd like to write a novel, short stories, maybe have a Substack newsletter or maybe you want to create some YouTube videos about your life in the wilderness and this could, and this is probably what I would be doing and uh, I think this could definitely suffice to cover your bills. And also having plenty of time will help you save some cost because maybe you can cook yourself more often. You could try foraging or gardening yourself and this way you'll need even less money. And the positive side effect of career downsizing is quite obvious because you're gonna have more time. Uh, you're gonna be much less stressed probably and there's a very good chance that you're going to be content, especially if you're a person that is kind of anxious and easily stressed. I mean, just imagine being able to get up when you want, not stressing over annoying bosses, clients and deadlines. Just imagine the peace of mind that you could have. And yeah, even taking the example of these craftsmen in Ireland, probably they are working pretty hard, so I don't even know if the example is perfect but they say they don't make that much money and i assume none of them are getting millionaires but they really like it they enjoy where they live they can have a business with their family they can work on something that gives them enjoy enjoyment and that they're passionate about this is the dream right to to me at least not so much being the head of microsoft or something which other people might prefer more. So really, if this kind of resonates with you, you might also ask yourself, and this is what I ask myself oftentimes, why don't more people live like that then? Why don't more people just try to build a simple life where they just work to live and do something that they at least don't hate and maybe don't live in luxury in the biggest city, but a lot of people don't even need that. And also, I do acknowledge that some people might get really angry when hearing what I just said, that they 
could be downsizing their careers and their uh, costs because they'll start listing reasons why they can't downsize. Maybe it's the family that they have to pay for, the mortgage on the house, the mortgage on the car, and then maybe there's parents and relatives or whatever. Sure, then it's harder. But then also, you did choose those things, right? Maybe unconsciously, but you did choose the house and the family, right, at some point. So, sorry, I guess. And also, I do acknowledge that for people, people living in a third world country, where you have to fight for your survival, it's, it's harder, of course, to, let's say, make you, you can't really make YouTube videos and you can't really save up money so much. And I guess online is the quite popular fire movement of financial independence, retire early, which people who don't make a lot of money can't really achieve. But that's kind of faulty, I think. You don't really have to wait until you're 60 to be retired. Maybe you could be retired already at this point if you live a quite simple, minimalistic life. And maybe you're happier anyways if you don't have that much stuff. I just would invite you to consider this, okay? And yeah, I think I am convinced that at least 10 to 20% of the population would enjoy living a simple life like that, as opposed to being in an overpriced apartment in a crowded, dirty city with a stressful full-time job. And I do, of course, acknowledge that a lot of people enjoy being in a large city and they like to be in New York or Berlin or Los Angeles and uh, they like the culture and the social life or they want to be uh, among their families and they have their work friends and they like the recognition they get at their jobs, at their office jobs and all I can say is good for you. It's great if you can make this work for you well but I would say there's a good amount of people who maybe don't fit so well into the system and maybe some of them aren't built for corporate careers but they're also not built for building their own business maybe both of them are kind of difficult and why not live a simple life i mean there are many documentaries on youtube of people who do this quite successfully and they seem to be quite happy to me and if you say this isn't a life for me, I need this and that, I need to uh, go on a cruise every year and I need to buy some luxury stuff, then it's, it's, it's fine as well. And maybe you want to have, like, send your kids to a nice private school or something, which is fine as well. But just consider having much more time also means you could technically be spending much more time with your kid, maybe doing homeschooling or something or whatever, go to a country where university and college doesn't cost 300k. I heard that does exist. I think what prevents us from career downsizing is our conditioning, social pressure and fear. And yeah, all of these are very strong forces. I know this because I feel these as well. And I'm going to talk a bit more about myself and my situation later and I do think we have kind of internalized this culture this messaging from parents and the culture which is quite dominant in the West of 
you've got to earn a lot and spend a lot to live a good life, right? We live in a quite materialistic, capitalist world where if you live a simple life, many people will see that as a failure, like, oh, you're too frail, you can't function in this world, something must be wrong with you, you're just escaping, you're an incel, whatever, I don't know what they're gonna say, but there's always gonna be mean people who are gonna um, talk down on people who try to find and carve their own path in life, that's for sure, right? I think also for men especially, there's the worry that they're not gonna find a partner without an impressive career. And I mean, there are some studies that mostly men and women pair up when the man usually has at least the same academic background than the woman. So it's quite common, some, somewhat common that let's say a professor is in a relationship with his secretary or something or a secretary or just a simpler job or like let's say a um, somebody working at a cashier as a cashier but the the opposite is quite rare right the, the male cashier at the supermarket who is in a relationship with the professor at the university that's quite rare and uh, i hope that eventually we're going to kind of get rid of these rigid things and they're is some progress there but maybe it is an evolutionary thing because women think about having kids and then being able to stay with the kids or whatever so i mean i would also prefer if these kind of rigid anachronistic ideas of men and women would 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 not exist anymore but they're just there and i think it's uh, i've heard so many women say that if you don't make six figures at 30 don't even talk to me <laughs> so uh, that's a reality but then again I can say that currently I don't make six figures and I have a partner, so it's it's possible. <laughs> All right. And then also I think there's this very strong um, keeping up with the Joneses thing, like this um, comparing ourselves in the so social hierarchy. How are my classmates doing? How are my peers doing? Oh shit, they bought a house. What am I doing with my life? I think it's very hard to just really get rid of that. I think I don't have much of it, but it's still there. Sometimes when I see people making, I don't know, four times more than I do, it's kind of tough. But then again, it's like, whatever, I don't, I don't want to live their life. So why am I jealous of them? There's almost nothing that really, I mean, it would be nice to make 300k a year or something, but I don't even know what to do with the money really. And, uh, it seems to be something deeply ingrained into us because uh, it's it's pretty hard to shake off. Let's be honest here. And yeah, I think social media also can contribute to this. If you see rich millionaires uh, buying all the stuff they wanna buy and then you having a simple life, I think it can definitely be uh, difficult also for women maybe uh, to just be strong enough to say, no, I don't want to live like this. I think this can be pretty tough. And I think having the right peer group is, is important for that. If you're surrounded only by uh, rich corporate people and you don't want to be a rich corporate person at all, uh, maybe, I'm not saying end the friendship, but you're always going to be kind of struggling and they're going to talk about different stuff and they're going to start go golfing or whatever and talk about their promotions. It may be 
start finding people who think similarly to you and who maybe also want to live a simple but good life and who have some time to spend with you during the day, whatever. Uh, that's kind of my suggestion. And also I think at a root cause of why we work so much and why we don't downsize a bit is that most of us live in some kind of delusion, namely that we think that we're going to live forever. We can't really accept that we're going to die one day and that our lives are really short, that kind of breeze by. And this is something I think about very often. We really act like we will live indefinitely, like we're going to live until we're 10,000 years old, but that's just not the truth. But I think we can't really accept that we're dying, and this is why we convince ourselves that we have to amass as much resources as possible. I mean, if we get, if we, if we have a life expectancy of, of 10,000 years, then sure, it makes tons of sense to spend most of your life in an office or hustling your ass off to build a business because you're going to have a nice life and you can buy a nice house in Greece or at a beach in Miami and have a great 9,000 years enjoying that. But that's just not the reality. And maybe you want to build intergenerational wealth for your family or something, which is fine too. Uh, but maybe you don't, and that's kind of what I'm trying to say here. So, what is my summary here? I think you should at least entertain the thought that maybe you don't have to work like everybody else. You don't have to spend 40, 50 hours a week, maybe even 60, 70, just working your ass off. Maybe you really enjoy that. And this is really important to me to emphasize this. If you enjoy your corporate career or your business, amazing. I mean, I'm rooting for you that this continues. And I think it's remarkably great. And you're really lucky that you can enjoy your job or at least not hate your job. I think that's good enough. Um, and all power to you, so to say. But... I'm very much convinced that there's a good portion of people and maybe you're one of these people because I'm like this and luckily my partner is kind of like this too who kind of isn't built for the corporate thing and kind of also um, doesn't want to just hustle their asses off. I think it's this whole hustle thing is very dangerous, this hustle culture of yeah, you got to have a full-time job and then also have a side hustle everything has to be sold and marketed all of your hobbies have to be sold and then you have to uh, yeah just watch motivational videos and have a six-pack and also be a millionaire or billionaire and uh, make these 10 different morning routines to be even more better performing i mean if this motivates you and if you want to become like the rock or something or some entrepreneur uh, good for you but maybe you don't Maybe you want to live a simpler life and maybe you just don't enjoy sitting in a meeting room and being told what to do or you're maybe just not that good at it. Maybe you're very anxious. Maybe you develop in insomnia if you have to do stressful stuff. Maybe you have kind of ADHD and it's very hard for you to call clients. 
maybe for you it's super stressful to put yourself out there and send your CV to people and being uh, getting no after no after no. That's all understandable. And what mostly like therapists will tell you in these situations and coaches is work on yourself. Build or develop coping mechanisms. And then most importantly, take these drugs, take this SSRI to just numb yourself and then become a functioning member of society. But we are in a privileged position nowadays in the West that we don't have to become exactly like our parents or this normal everyday salary man. We can really live differently. And maybe you don't really know these people, but they do exist. People who carve their own path. People who live differently. People who maybe live an easier life, a simpler life. I knew, I know a few of these people. One of them is my cousin who never really got a full-time job. He does still live with his mother, uh, who is now about 70 years old, but he's not unhappy and he's not in his basement playing computers. He doesn't even have a smartphone. So he's very passionate about gardening. He has a really big garden um, area where he is very, very good with planting organic foods without any fertilizers and toxic stuff he puts on them. So really fresh organic produce and he's very good at that stuff. And then he does odd jobs like cleaning in, in the church and helping out other neighbors with their gardens and everybody loves him and he can sell some of his vegetables but he sells them way too cheaply and he obviously doesn't make much money but he also has a bit of a heart condition but um he never was really interested in having like the the the, the regular life and uh, he doesn't have a, a girlfriend so maybe that's you could say oh yeah sure it's he's an incel or whatever but he seems to be quite happy this way and I think it's really mean and toxic to call him names because he chose to remain celibate. Why not? But still, sometimes I heard him getting shit from his siblings, like, oh yeah, maybe you should get a real job or maybe you should stop doing odd jobs and whatever. But then it was like, why? Just let him live his life. He doesn't hurt anybody. And um, he loves gardening. He is very good with his hands, very practical. He has amazing skills. His mother is happy that he's still, my aunt is happy that he's still living with, with her in, in the big house. I think he has a good life and I think he has a better life than most career people. So just leave him, let him live his life. Um, another person I know is guy I met online and I never talked to him personally but his name was Jürgen. I was writing on some forum about stock investing when I was 20 years old or something and I basically said uh, I, I started like a thread saying I don't want to spend too much time doing financial analysis I just kind of want to invest in stuff and this guy kind of took a lot of time to answer me he kind of became my mentor because he gave me a lot of great tips and um, basically it turned out that he was maybe 30 something he 
was playing the guitar a lot. Um, he was traveling a lot and he downsized his career. He still had a corporate job, but he basically was financially independent. So he was only working two days a week or something. And his, his money investing made him quite wealthy. Not super rich probably, but wealthy enough that he didn't have to uh, do a full-time corporate job and he loved it. And honestly, I don't know that many other examples, to be honest, because in, in Germany, people are very conformist and in Switzerland too, uh, people are kind of like taken aback if you tell them that you don't have a normal corporate job and it's kind of like, who the hell are you and something must be wrong with you. And to be honest, the bureaucracy is kind of annoying sometimes because if you don't have a normal job, the tax people are going to come to you and say, like, where is your income? And um, you only get welfare in Germany if you have, don't have any money anymore. And then your health insurance is going to actually come to you and say, where is your employer? And you have to kind of pay more if you don't have an employer and so on. So uh, unfortunately, there's, there is annoying bureaucracy. I also saw a YouTube video of a German guy who just built like a teepee in the forest and lived there quite happily as like a recluse. But still like the, the city bureaucracy contacted him and told him, you can't just live in the forest. You gotta have an address. And they kind of tried to kick him out of the forest. And that's, I think that's really sad. Just let people live. And then it kind of sounds like Walden, that book by Ralph. Um, Waldo Emerson is his name yeah I, I read the beginning and I think he kind of starts building his own house as well and I thought this was kind of nice I'm not suggesting that you should be living in the forest all alone and a lot of people would get kind of sad this way but I really have to wonder how much of this is conditioning conditioning that you aren't worth anything if you aren't uh, making this much money and uh, buying these things and going on vacation this often. I think we really have to rethink our priorities and this is really what I would invite you to do. How do you want to spend every day? When do you want to get up? Is your dream to be in a Zoom call or in a meeting room for most of the day? Or is it maybe taking a hike when you want? Um, walking outside with your dog? Uh, enjoying life? Um, cooking for yourself and I think you can definitely also have a family if that's your wish because you gonna ha don't have to spend I mean here in Switzerland just getting your kids into daycare costs three thousand dollars a month or something it's, it's almost impossible to pay for unless you have a paid a full-time job and yeah I gotta admit uh, it's it isn't easy always to make less than your peers and then uh, they might make a little joke about it, like, oh, you have so much time and so on. Because let me maybe get a bit more transparent about about my situation. Because that's what I kind of foreshadowed eventually, uh, initially. And I don't even like to make it so much about myself. But uh, as you might notice, I'm quite passionate about this topic because I... I was exactly that person who was in a in a corporate career I didn't enjoy. So um, after finishing my master's degree, I did two internships. Uh, I worked for a while in, in Paris 
and also in, in Germany. But in any case, I did start to work in financial services and uh, it was a quite high paying job in Zurich, Switzerland. And I did this for three, four years and uh, changed the company for a bit actually, but it wasn't making me happy. I was very discontent with um, the general work environment. I didn't, I wasn't able to use my creativity and I was still okay at my job, I think. I wasn't great at it really, um, but they just promoted me, so I wasn't doing really poorly. They didn't just fire me as, as you would maybe think. Um, I was actually doing quite well, but I did feel that honestly, I was 30, 40, 50% unhappier than just my baseline. I, was, I wasn't like super stressed every day, but I just noticed that I couldn't do anything, any of my hobbies. And this was also the time when I started my ASMR channel and started some different hobbies that I know I'm still doing. And I noticed, hey, I want to have more time to do stuff too. Um, and I need more time for myself because I'm an introvert and uh, this isn't it. And to be honest, I kind of knew this already when I was 19 or so. I told my classmates that I didn't really want to do a corporate job. I always was more interested in, in building something. But then again, I'm quite realistic about entrepreneurship too, because I saw other peers who started their businesses who worked so much and don't really have much to show for now. I actually worked for a while for a company for a startup now and they saw them kind of struggling and it was kind of difficult. So in any case, I stopped working at the job in financial services after about four years. And this was two years ago. And since then, I didn't have a corporate job. And I got to admit, I'm proud of that. I'm proud that I didn't get sucked in back into the corporate world because I really kind of made myself a promise that if I can, I wouldn't have a normal corporate job again. I did, however, continue uh, working for different people and projects and clients. So YouTube isn't my uh, my bread and butter because I don't really make that much from it. I gotta be honest, sometimes I'm making a few hundred dollars, sometimes it's a thousand or something, but here in Switzerland, just the rent is more than a thousand. Like going to the supermarket once is like $200 or something. It's it's really not possible to, to live off of that. So. Uh, I've been working for a startup for a while. I've been working for um, SME for a while. So due to my previous job, but then also due to personal contacts, I was able to still kind of work as a, as a consultant, let's say, kind of like doing financials, doing planning and forecasting and so on. Also helping out with online marketing and the such, which I've been kind of building a new skill set on. But Right now, the last two months or something, I didn't have a normal job. I didn't, after my last client contract ended, I didn't look for a new one. And I gotta say, I don't want to in the next weeks and months at least, but probably I will eventually take on another client and project if it so happens. But uh, I like it this way. Even when I was working for my last client, it was only like four days a week sometimes 
and it wasn't super stressful. I could really manage my own time and this is the way I like it. And I'm well aware that not everybody can live like this and um, sometimes it isn't easy to find clients like these. But what I'm trying to say is I really do live this life. I really did downsize my career because back in the day I did have a six-figure salary and now I have one-third of a six-figure salary or something probably. I don't know exactly how it's going to be by the end of the year, but I'm making much less, but I'm much happier for it. I'm much happier being just free and uh, being able to get up later. And this is really the life I'm living. So in case you're wondering, I'm really living this life. I can't promise that I'm really never going to go back into this world. Who knows? Um, kind of depends on what the next years bring. But yeah, I did make it happen. I did downsize my career and I can say I'm much happier for it. It's not that all of my problems did evaporate. I still struggle with some things about mental health. I still struggle with being dissatisfied sometimes. And sure, I do also sometimes catch myself comparing myself to old friends who still work in my old company. I still meet them sometimes and they got promoted. One of them is like quite high rank in the company and he might end up making a million or something in salary at some point, who knows. But you know what? He hates his job. I play sometimes some games with him like Battlefield and so on and he tells me every time I hate it so much I want to get out. So I know that I made the right choice. Uh, still I would probably advise to find peers who see life similarly to you who also want to be free because otherwise it might get a bit tough and the pull of conformity is quite strong this is also something i started writing something about it's quite hard to just say i'm unplugging myself from any, everything and to be honest my parents didn't make it easy for me they still kind of tell me like what the hell are you doing i don't know they, they say that they worry about me but they obviously only make me a bad conscience they uh, don't really help me with what they say and uh, it's sometimes a bit tough because they're quite traditional I guess and conservative in that they think I should have kids now and that I should have a normal job and what about my retirement and all this stuff and frankly I don't even exactly know about my retirement is it gonna suffice I think it will I mean I do have um, an okay amount of assets that I saved in, in the years that I worked, but it's not gonna last indefinitely, especially since I have a lot of expenses here in Switzerland. But I don't really worry that much because I know that I can live with very little because I don't need much to, to be happy. Like status symbols don't do anything for me. I really don't wanna buy anything. I don't wanna buy a Porsche. I don't want to buy fancy clothes. I don't want to go to fancy five-star hotels. Um, we have our Volkswagen bus. That's our biggest luxury, I guess, which we have had repaired and we can travel with it. Uh, that's all I need really. And this isn't stuff that's super expensive. And me and my girlfriend, we talk about this quite a bit. It sounds weird to say girlfriend because we've been together for like seven years. So I want to 
maybe I'm gonna say my wife or something eventually, but in any case, uh, we really probably we're gonna move to to France or something, and we maybe want to rent or buy a small house in, 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 in near the forest, maybe in Normandy or something. And my girlfriend is gonna do gardening, and I'm gonna help her with gardening and maybe do some videos in nature. I'm already kind of looking forward to this. And um, I'm really grateful that I found the YouTube stuff and the ASMR stuff in writing because even though it doesn't make that much money, I love to create it. I love the process. I'm allowed to be creative. Uh, I can come up with new ideas and it's so much fun and I'm very grateful for you guys for making this possible too, to explore this f further and create new and better stuff because uh, sometimes this is stuff where I spend too much money on new cameras and new audio equipment, which um, I have to learn this from scratch and everything and software and so on. In any case, it's very hard to live minimalistically here in Switzerland, that's for sure, because even small apartments, if you want to buy them, two rooms, 80 square meters, it starts at 1 million. Probably it's more like 1.2, 1.3 million. So we're, we're probably never going to have a million, let's be honest here. And that's fine. So what's the next best choice? Going to a place where a house maybe costs 100,000 or something. And there are these places in the world. And then some of you are going to say, but I got to be with my family and, and that's, that's, that's good. And then maybe you got to stay with your family or whatever in the same village or city. But I don't have that urge. As I kind of alluded to before, uh, my relationship with my parents is a bit difficult because they, especially my, my father is, is quite, he's a quite unhappy person, let's just say, and he is some anger issues and so on but I don't need to talk to him every day actually I try to kind of avoid my parents I still try to be a good son and reach out to them but in any case so I don't need my parents and my peers I, st I only need one or two friends because I'm an introvert and it's fine for me to just talk to just game with them sometimes and maybe meet them from time to time maybe that's gonna change at some point but this is just how I feel and how I've been feeling for the last 10 years. So I can be alone very, very well. It's almost scary, the ease of being alone and spending weeks alone. I don't need people around me all the time. I don't miss them that much. I do enjoy cuddling, of course, with my partner, but I could be fine living alone with a dog too. I'm very convinced about this, like Nietzsche somewhere in the mountains writing some books which probably would be kind of I don't know kind of weird but in any case this is a bit about my background uh, I'm happy to share more if you're interested in what exactly I've been doing and what I'm doing now and what I'm trying to do or what I want to do and um, maybe you want to at some point try something else. I don't want to suggest you should just quit your job and become a hermit because a lot of people aren't built for that life, but maybe just kind of live in a small apartment and maybe change to part-time. Maybe that's a good step. I think 
our lives are incredibly short and who knows what's going to happen in one year maybe there's going to be coronavirus 2.0 and we're all going to die so i'm very proud of myself i would say that against all odds i did quit my job and that i was and continue to be i guess courageous enough to live like that but i think i gotta be even more courageous and i gotta be more proud of what i did because sometimes i feel like i have to almost um, not disclose that i'm basically uh, self-employed and sometimes i don't work for two months for a real employer so that's to some people they're gonna think what the hell is with this guy he must be totally crazy or depressed or something but that's just the life I chose and I'm very happy with it and who knows maybe at some point ASMR is gonna be enough to pay for for my bills but you know what's cool I don't really have to make this a big business and if I was just would just try to make a lot of money I would probably just do different videos like make make the videos that work well with like the triggers that work well and probably also hire some woman to show her boobs or something so <laughs> i don't know in any case this was my somewhat long rant i'm uh glad that you listened to it and maybe you also want to check out this nice unintentional asmr video uh, that i'm gonna upload um, in the show notes or something which i think is done it's, it's pretty nice as well to see those people who seem to be quite happy and just maybe find a way where you can make it work for you. I think we do have a true nature. And mine is pretty introverted, pretty creative. I need to create something. I like to think about stuff. I like ideas. Uh, I don't love conflict. I don't love selling stuff to people. I don't love selling myself. I don't need to be in the center of attention and many other nuances. And this is why living a simple life where I can be creative is perfect for me. And I know that I'm not gonna be able to afford a huge mansion and a big Porsche, but that's totally okay, I don't need that. And just maybe write down what you think, but I'm no self-help coach, so you don't have to listen to me. Maybe this could just be used as some form of inspiration all right that was basically the content part to end this off unless you're sleeping already in which i did my job well or something or if you're relaxed i want to give you some asmr to kind of help you relax and first of all i thought i would create some asmr for you just have an object here and I thought you could try to guess what it is not that hard to figure out right it's a ps controller ps4 controller if you manage to figure out what console this is then you're really good but yeah i don't have a ps5 
and I probably won't get one. I mean, I maybe want to play Demon Souls remake, but they don't really have that many games, and they're super hard to buy, anyways. But I actually bought this PS4 just a year ago because I wanted to play Neo too. Kind of stupid idea, right? And I kind of think about selling it again, but I don't know if anybody wants to buy it. But I haven't really been playing it a lot. As a kid, I never had a console because my parents wouldn't buy me one, which is a bit sad because I think it's cool. And well, I would have loved to play PlayStation 1 or 2 or played Nintendo 64 playing Zelda or something. I get a bit jealous of people who, who did that, but my parents were very conservative. So it was playing instruments instead of being able to play some video games because video games are evil. Okay. And also, I wasn't allowed to get a Game Boy and so on, so maybe that's why I kind of love this stuff now, but that's just my childhood and how I'm screwed up. And then also there was some intentional ASMR that I really enjoyed this week. And one is actually by ASMR, P-P-O-M-O, or POMO. I don't really know what the name is uh, signifying, but it's a South Korean channel, which is great. I mean, it's a really large one. And uh, it's a bit of an older video, like a few months old, from end of 2020. And it has very intention, uh, very intense um, ear, in-ear sounds, because it's like an, a silicone ear. And when I was listening to it, I felt it felt kind of orgasmic, but also almost too intense. So please tell me what you think. And maybe if you really love it, then um, maybe I want to create something similar too. Then maybe to close this off, I would want to show you some bits of Lita Massage, who is really a classic of unintentional ASMR. I think she has one of the best voices for it. And she made these, I think, DVDs or videos where she makes these massages. Take a few deep breaths and relax. Then as you're giving your massage, practice being fully present learning to feel and sense what feels good to your friend. Allow yourself to be in the moment and come from your heart. This will be felt by your friend and will make the difference between a good massage and a really great massage. So remember, breathe, relax, and enjoy. By working the neck and shoulders, we can release tension in the whole body. Most people hold a lot of tension and their necks and shoulders. And here I'm using my knuckles down the back of either side of the neck, just gently. It's a great way to work down the neck and down to the top of the shoulders. 
Good. Just working the top of the shoulders here. Down the neck, down to the top of the shoulders. Feeling for tight spots. A little bit more up the neck, up either side of the spine. Good. And now we'll do some long strokes up the neck. It actually gives a nice gentle stretch to the neck. And reach under with one hand and then the other down either side of the spine. And you can begin to work up with your fingertips up the upper back between the spine and the shoulder blades, a tight area on most people. Alright, that was it. Thank you so much for being here and for spending some time with me. And uh, yeah, your support means so much to me. You don't even know. And uh, if there's anything you would like to see more of or less of, please don't hesitate to talk to me to give me your feedback because my goal is to make this as best as possible for you. Sure, there's some stuff that maybe I can't be doing just due to monetary or time constraints, but I really do my best to make you happy and I'm really glad that I get to spend this time with you. Whatever you're doing right now, I'm rooting for you. Um, I think probably you're doing much better than you think. This is something I wrote down myself, which I have to remember myself. You're doing better than you think you are. And maybe I'm going to write about this at some point. And I hope you enjoyed this exclusive podcast I did for you. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon.